Hey guys, welcome back to my podcast, Say. I'm your host, Jana Ali. My next guest is a young woman who uses her voice in the architecture field as a metaphor for her life as a strong woman contributing to society. Born and bred in, in beautiful Morocco and now living in the romantic city of Paris, I am joined with Zainab Benoun. Hi. Hi. Thank uh, you for the invitation. I'm super happy to be here. Oh no, of course, of course. When Ismail told me um, about you, it was super intriguing, really intriguing. You sound like a really, really interesting person, well, an interesting woman that has a lot to say. So yeah, same thing. Like he told me, oh, you know what? Like you have to check channel. She's doing amazing stuff. So I was like, oh, let's see this. And I was like, oh, she's doing podcasts. That's amazing. Oh. And I was like, maybe she would be okay to do something with you. And I was like, oh yeah, sure. That's super, like insightful and exciting. So yeah, super yeah, happy. Yeah, 100%. So for um, anyone who's listening who doesn't know you, um, tell me a bit about yourself. Well, basically, I grew up in Morocco, and then I went for Paris to study architecture so it's been six years maybe almost seven now I feel super old oh my god and <laughs> yeah and basically just left Paris for one year to study abroad in Warsaw and then came back and now I'm doing a PhD on architecture wow. and heritage studies so yeah basically that's a super simple I don't know path but yeah I mean, enjoy traveling and discovering stuff. It doesn't sound very simple to me. Like, it sounds really exciting. <laughs> I, like, I feel like I'm just following one path. And uh, since I was five or seven, I was like, oh, I want to be an architect. I want to be an architect. And then I realized it's not that easy, you know? Sometimes yeah. you're just like, oh, I'm going to finish the studies. And then you finish the study and you're like, oh, no, so what? Oh, and yeah. I was like, oh, I don't want to work yet. So let's do something. And just decided to start the PhD. <laughs> like, That's so, do you know, it's really interesting because literally like the same thing for me, like since I was like really little, like the only career I've ever, ever wanted was to work in fashion. And I yeah. kind of just went on like that straight path. Like I, I just kept going. And now that I finished uni and like, I'm like still like looking for a job. I'm like, oh, this is way harder than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> like, Yeah, that's the thing. And you're just like, okay, so now I'm supposed to work. Um, How does that work exactly? Like, yeah, how am I supposed to apply? How am I supposed to start like a career in architecture? Yeah. And I feel like they don't teach us how to start. No, Which no, is kind of not. funny. Just like left. Okay, now you have your diploma. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I know that's so, how I felt so, yeah I was just like oh I felt like and I was like okay I don't want to work yet I don't feel ready so I'm passionate about like them like my thesis my PhD let's do something I like writing reading so maybe that's the thing to do so I just started like this and I was like oh okay it's already the second year of my PhD and I'm like oh my god no I have to think about working and stuff it's like <laughs> so so did you, so anxious I don't did know. you start your PhD straight after university you just went straight into it or did you take a bit of a break yeah well I finished and I was like yeah like I was like oh uh, maybe I want to pursue like just on research and I don't know dig a little bit more into what I think of architecture how mm. I want to how I want to uh, conceive projects, my thinking and stuff. I, I felt like it was incomplete. 
and mm. five, five years was like super fast and I was like oh, okay let's add three more years and then we're gonna see <laughs> I don't know but it's super funny because I I think I'm the youngest one doing my PhD like in my university and everyone is like oh I worked for 20 years and I came back to study and I was like oh my god <laughs> super I don't know, young, maybe I don't have my place doing a patient. We just went, like you said, straight without thinking. I was like, oh, okay, I want to be an architect. Then five years and then boom, what, what am I supposed to do? Okay, start yeah. a PhD and let's see. I mean, yeah. you are, I mean, like compared to like the average age of people that do PhDs, like you're quite young, aren't you? Compared to... Yeah, that's the thing. But I think like, that gives you a, a, a bit of an edge. Like how, how many people can say that they're your age and like doing a PhD? Like that's super... Exciting. Yeah, but I think it's like for me it was more logical to just do it straight after because mm-hmm. I didn't see myself uh, going to I don't know found an agency or work for someone for ten years and then oh maybe I should go back to school now it doesn't sound like something I could do yeah so yeah I just decided to do it straight away wow let's see how it's gonna go so <laughs> yeah. are you still in Paris for the for your PhD? Yeah, actually, like, we're, I don't know how it is in London, but it's the second lockdown. Yeah, so same here. Just yeah. Living in the second, yeah. Oh, my God. I was like, oh, lockdown. Great. Now I can read one book a day. Amazing. <laughs> I love yeah. Paris. I, I, I put this in the notes beforehand that I was sent to you, but it's because I yeah. genuinely love Paris so much. Like, it's like whenever I go there, I feel... It, I don't feel like I'm in the 21st century anymore. I feel like I've been transported back to another time. It's so beautiful there. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. Yeah. Yeah, and you were, like, asking me how is it to live here. Yeah. And just thinking about it during the lockdown, I was like, maybe it depends, like, who are you? Because I was like, okay, mm. maybe for a creative, a young creative, whether uh, it's in architecture, fashion, mm. arts, drama, I think it's an amazing experience. Like you are literally surrounded 24-7 with arts, yeah. exhibitions. You yeah. don't really have the, I don't know, the time to get bored. Mm. But I think if you're more like a nature person, it's definitely not the, the place to be here. Like, Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can understand so that. I was like, maybe it depends because I really do enjoy it. And then I know people that came here for one year or two and said, okay, I cannot stand Paris. I hate it. Like people are super mad every time. They're not like joyful, which is true. Like people are <laughs> a little bit like, okay, Parisian lifestyle, but you have to like it. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's like, you're right. It is for definitely a certain type of person, but like, cause I've like always lived in London. I'm really used to like the city lifestyle anyway. And like people yeah. in London aren't any more friendly. Do you know what I mean? So when I go to no, Paris, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like when I'm I go like, to yeah, Paris, maybe London they're worse actually. Like I don't know. Yeah. So when I go to Paris, I'm like, no one's very like friendly. It doesn't shock me. It just feels normal. But what I love is like yeah. the, the vibe you get there. Like from when you like the from the architecture to the art to the music on the streets to everything it just feels like a completely I don't know it's just I I really love it I love staying there it's really nice yeah like you can find inspiration anyways if you're stuck you just go for a walk and you're like oh my god you have so many ideas and exactly yeah exactly I love it so you've been there for two years no it's been six years I think almost six years in Paris yeah oh my god yeah 
like I basically came here for my first year in architecture and never left wow like just for one year for the Erasmus but otherwise I, I'm always in Paris yeah do you think it's been a um, long time now I feel super old <laughs> like I was like oh my god six years seven <laughs> almost oh my god <laughs> do you think you do you think you'll stay in Paris for like do you, do you feel like it's like going to be a long-term situation for you okay I'm gonna tell you something you're gonna love so much about it because uh actually Ismail mm. is in Milan because yeah. of me Oh, really? Because I told him, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I told him, you know what? We have to go together in Milan. We have to <laughs> work our way there and stuff. But I didn't realize when I had to apply that I needed to have my diploma to apply to the school I wanted. Right. So okay. I just couldn't apply and he went alone. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry, but I would really love to. Uh, experience living in Milan maybe one two year working there I don't know yet how am I gonna do this because he's mm. like okay now you have to join me you send me here in Milan you have to come you have to come and I'm like yeah I would really love to like I fall in love with Italy like the mood the way they are like mm. everything is super exciting about just going there so I was like oh okay I want to go there maybe one year two year I don't know let's see 10 years who knows yeah, like yeah. in Paris started with okay let's see first year how it's gonna go and then I stayed here for six years so (laughs) yeah Yeah, I mean I I feel like Ismail in Italy like it kind of makes sense though like he the way he kind of works and the way um I think he was getting a bit bored of London like I think London wasn't for him you know maybe it was enough like it's like for me in Paris when you have your routine and everything you have to experience something else something fresh news I don't know yeah. more exciting because otherwise it's just like the the daily routine you feel like yeah. you've always been here and you've done everything so you yeah, maybe it's gonna be time for me to move from Paris soon yeah. <laughs> very soon yeah yeah That's- no it'll be nice though I think as uh, to move around as much as you want it would be ideal because of all the inspiration and the new perspective you pick yeah. up it, it helps creatively you know yeah exactly but I was like oh I hope so with this COVID situation which is not helping mm. but it also shows that we can work from anywhere mm. basically yeah it doesn't depends where you are in the world like you can be in your house and just do as much work as being in an agency or something yeah. so it's like oh maybe it's gonna be easier to travel after like even for work so yeah maybe it's gonna be a good thing like just the zoom experience the zoom meetings the everything it teaches a lot just like you can move and still work and still do your thing so yeah definitely yeah I think it's gonna be a good thing like just the post-covid is gonna be so interesting to see how it's gonna evolve after the situation after the lockdown i think people will move a lot like Mm, mm. because we're like so bored of being stuck at the same place every time i'm just like regretting all the things like oh maybe we should travel and i didn't do it you know yeah yeah. i'm like oh maybe i should have done it like travel more see more stuff before getting stuck because of this so yeah i actually had like the same the same thought process when we went into the first lockdown I kind of had like this like 
mental breakdown I was like oh my god I've been like nowhere like I've traveled nowhere and like I wrote down a whole yeah. list of places that I wanted to go to and I was like to all my friends oh, as these gold as destinations remember, yeah we have to go like we have to go see all these places yeah. like I guess you you kind of but, you see what you take for granted like when you're like stuck in one place you realize like how much you actually want to like go and see all these beautiful different places yeah and And how free we are actually yeah Yeah, exactly and like especially in London like London is quite a place where when you're here for too long it feels really claustrophobic and caged in you know like it it feels really London's a beautiful city but it feels very restrictive sometimes and um yes I I think definitely it'd be interesting to see how what travel's like afterwards but yeah yeah, because actually it's super frustrating just being in the same place, like just stuck in your house and you're like, oh, I wish I could go here to see this and that and just travel yeah. and see new stuff. And you're like, okay, let's see this on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> no. yeah. yeah. Um, so you are a writer for the blog Politics for Her. So tell me a bit about the platform and why you wanted to get involved. Well, actually, Politics for Her is an online platform which was founded, I think, three years ago by Yasmina Ben-Sliman. And basically, the main purpose is just giving a safe space for women to raise their voices, promote ideas, visions, and share stuff. And I was actually just, it's funny how Instagram works because I was just following the page and one day she did an application call to write articles and I submitted a proposition and I think it was the first time someone brought architecture to politics for her. And I don't know why, because uh, maybe a lot of people think that architecture has nothing to do with politics. Mm. Uh, I don't really know because I do you think that it's a political act? Like you build for a society, you have um, mm. something to say through a building and the way you think space. And my idea was just to talk about um, the gender imbalance in architecture and throughout the Mashrabiya. I think you're from Egypt, so yes, maybe you know Egypt, it. Yeah. So it's the main uh, subject of my thesis. So I was like, oh, let's try to mix it up with the gender imbalance and see how it's going to go. And just like, I don't know, three days later, she was like, oh, I'm looking for volunteers because I had so much stuff uh, going on. So if you want to help me, just write me a message. And I was like, oh, do you still need help? Because, and I answered, I think one week later or something, super late as usual. And I was like, oh, tell me, do you still need someone? I don't know, maybe I can help. She was like, oh, sure. And maybe you can open an art stuff uh, like art topics in the blog or architecture so I just started like this and just talking about politics for her actually we're launching kind of ambassador program so basically the idea is just to have like um, a representative all around the world and we're gonna organize workshops lectures just to help women have the tool to express the, mm. themselves more in like the um, the society and the civic space so basically that's it I, and I joined that. yeah and i joined architecture uh, politics for her to speak about architecture to show how women can be represented in the architecture field and just open the discussion about it because i feel it's like 
um, it doesn't actually exist, more or less. Yeah. Like people are just assuming, okay, women does exist exist in architecture, but how many people can tell you um, the name of women architects besides mm-hmm. of Saha Hadid or I don't know who, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was the main idea. I mean, I kind of love it. Like when um, I first went to go see the page, it was really interesting for me because I think there needs to be way more spaces like this. I mean, yeah. I'm someone who's quite interested in politics um, and I try to keep up as much as I can because I do feel like I have somewhat of an opinion and I would love to be able to voice my opinion. However, I don't think there's many spaces that allow women to voice their opinion. And when we do, we get told that we're like yeah. too opinionated, you know, or like... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, oh, no, you're like... And also, a lot of people are just like, oh, uh, why are you against men? Or I don't know, you can uh, express yourself in the normal. And I'm just like, no, it doesn't mean that. It just means like we want to be equal. Like, sorry. Yeah. You know that like tiny <laughs> and, little thing just to be equal? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm like, oh, what? And sometimes we just receive like some comments and we're just like, oh, seriously? Like mm. some people still think that just because you give your opinion as a woman, you're against all men in the world or I don't know it's kind of crazy I'm like and maybe you should write something for us maybe about fashion politics maybe yeah that'd be amazing but it's really strange like even from like personal experience like it's not even like even from women I get other women who who like I you I talk about how passionate I am about certain topics and they're like but why does it bother you so much and I'm like well it bothers me because it directly affects me you know it it bothers me because I have a heart and I care about other human beings you know and I think people often don't think that there's really like why should women care like there's not a space for us to care like it doesn't involve us but it really does and 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 it's just it baffles me honestly I'm always when I've got I follow like loads and loads of feminist and I'm always like looking at the comments and there's always like a handful of guys in there that's like yeah oh but you hate men and this is like who ever said who ever said no one ever said that you know it's crazy and it bothered me so much that sometimes I feel like also some women are thinking this way Mm. and you're just like are you supposed to like why don't we empower each other, help each other? Like, just, I don't know, just give me, or you can just give me my space and let me just talk because I need to talk and express myself the way I want. I don't That's know. That's how it's I feel. Not- I feel like I'm not asking every single woman out there to get political. I'm asking for the freedom of choice yeah. to be able to talk about it if we wish, you know? And I think that's what women yeah, don't get. Women feel, well, I mean, the women I'm talking about often feel, I think, like just because we're standing up and we're talking about a certain subject that it now means that they're obliged or obligated to do it. But it, it doesn't. It's about the freedom of yeah. choice to be able to talk and the freedom of choice to have a space. Yeah, and the freedom of speech. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah, that's the, that's the point. And also like, I don't know if you already experienced that, but sometimes you just like saying something because, and they're like, no, but why do you have to call yourself feminist? And I thought about this a lot because at one point I was like, okay, maybe we should just call it being humanist. Mm-hmm. But it's not enough because it's not. does not suppose that 
we already have this equality um that's everything is already equal yeah. but it's not the case so we have to give it a name no exactly like, so okay this is feminist because we need like to have this equality yeah and some and we need also men in this movement it's yes, not just of like course. women yeah we need them like you have to like men should be feminist yeah and they're just like no we should be all humanists no first of all you have to be feminist and then we can talk about a global humanist thank you literally thank you. i went through this exact thought process like when i first started to delve into like feminism and um what it means and i i, I started off thinking, like a lot of people were like but why do you have to call it feminism like why like i don't like to put a label on it and all of this and i kind of like was like oh well maybe we yeah. don't need to just like you and then i thought but when there's the absence of something you have to give it a name like you have to recognize it and if you don't recognize it then what are you fighting for how do you identify it's all about identity you know labels are all about identity. Yeah. why people choose to identify as female male no matter how you were born you know it's all about identity and yeah. when you when we walk around and we state that we are feminists whether you're male or female it's a very powerful statement because you are recognizing the absence of something that should be there you know, and you're an ally. And so I don't understand why people have been, have gotten so offended by this one word when it means no harm to anyone. It means more good. It means that men are allowed the freedom that they weren't allowed, for example, to show emotion, to um, not necessarily have to be the breadwinner, to an abundance of things not only things that females are allowed to do you know that's the thing yeah it affects everyone actually like exactly so yeah so i was like oh maybe also as an architect i have to do something about this because Mm. i feel it so much in the creative field it's kind of crazy like i'm Mm. like okay even at school we never teach us, oh, this women architect did that or that. No, I never heard about one single woman in architecture. Yeah. It's kind yeah. of crazy. Yeah, like, oh, do we vanish or something? Where are we? <laughs> it is really crazy. Actually, I think <laughs> like majority of like people I know that went on to do architecture have been females. But then it, you're right. It, is, it seems like it is a very male dominated space and not only that but the point you were saying about how um a lot of people don't recognize that architecture um can be very political or is very political um i never thought of it in that way but now that i'm thinking about it it's so obvious of course it is political you're literally designing space yeah. for society like how can that not be political it's gonna affect everything actually mm. it's gonna affect the way people live the way people um talk to each other um i don't know evolve with each other and the link or you are creating or not Mm. um everything like even economically it's something like who are you building for yeah like are you building for each person like like i feel like we teach us to build for i don't know a super rich person that can put like this magnificent courtyard and everything you like the dream house you know the the dream house you are dreaming about since you're five but in reality there are some people like in the world who doesn't even have a water Mm. uh, who doesn't even have a a roof Mm. they just need roof water um toilets Mm. and i'm like seriously how how are we supposed to design like these houses and no one tells you oh you can design a super cheap um house this way maybe that can be used for 
poor people mm-hmm. like they teach you to design for super rich person i don't mm-hmm. even know where are this person i'm designing for and i'm just like <laughs> oh okay <laughs> who's gonna buy this house sorry and yeah like, i mean like even perhaps like buildings and houses that the architect himself could not even afford you know what i mean yeah and i'm just like why are you teaching me this teach me how to build for uh, poor people people that needs actually uh somewhere to live yeah yeah that's the essence of architecture it's just like having shelter uh, protection against like the outside outside world yeah. and some people still don't have this i mean that's so, yeah. kind of it it kind of feels like the same as like my industry because when i was taught fashion like the 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 core part of fashion fashion is like a made up made up belief it's just so that people can sell things but at the core of it it's just about warmth and clothes so it's just that humans need to wear clothes to keep warm to protect themselves from weather and 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 stuff like that and so when you think of it in that terms a lot of like the higher tier clothing companies like they're charging you these prices for what and it's not even sustainable it's not even ethical it won't there's no longevity in it so what is the point of it all and it's super crazy what you're saying because I was reading like a book and the, the, um, the writer was saying basically that architecture came from the fashion, like the clothes industry. It's like first people like protect themselves with like uh, the textile and then they created a roof with this and it's kind of transformation or evolution of the clothes. So I was like, oh yeah, that's, that's really exactly interesting. the same thing. Yeah. But like at the beginning it was exactly for the same purposes yeah like yeah. the man created clothes to protect himself as well as he created um, yeah. um a house i don't it's know so true and like for yeah. example we have like i live in wembley in london which is the most immigrated place in london so a lot of people come from like whether it's like refugees or just anything like that this is normally like where they come to so there's loads of cultures here but also it's not a very wealthy area but we have a problem of gentrification happening here where loads and loads of um places which like the community looks for for like markets and stuff like that are being were torn down and now they're being built with like massive massive apartments that nobody can afford Oh my god, that's so sad. Yeah, and so it's like, even like the idea of like, when I move out of my parents' house, like how will I buy a place in the area if I wanted to? And I don't think it's possible because it's just too expensive. Yeah, I don't know. Like sometimes just like, yeah, everything is so uh, political, economical. It's just like you were saying for making money and selling stuff. Mm. And I don't know, maybe it's the way the industry today is or something's going on. Then I'm like, okay, at one point they're going to realize like people cannot afford this anymore. Yeah. And like, as you were saying, it's not even sustainable or ethical the way um, the buildings or the clothes are produced so mm. at one point people are gonna realize come on we're not like that stupid yeah like and i feel like people are starting to recognize the importance of yeah. um clothes being um ethical also buildings like the laws are actually changing we have to build i don't know more respectful or zero carbon buildings so i'm just like oh how are we supposed to do this after all these years of big buildings i don't know with super expensive materials mm. and now we have to go back to maybe a more traditional way to construct or even conceive the the project so yeah 
Yeah, it's super difficult because like, I mean, like from a design perspective, you're given all these like super innovative materials, which are somehow somewhat damaging to the environment, but they make your job so much easier. You know, they, they age your job yeah. so well. And then when you have to come back and like, it's so hard, you know, build from like before then it, it's hard because you're not used to working in that way. You know, you're used yeah. to having easy, accessible materials, but like, I don't, did you hear of Grenfell in London? No, tell me. Tell so me about it. it's um, it was this council estate, a whole block of flats, and the cladding on the estate um, yeah. was flammable, and no one knew, and a fridge exploded in one of the flats, and this is where, so a council estate is usually. No yeah, a council estate is usually if you can't, um, if you're struggling with money, uh, you can go to the council and they will give you housing. So all of the all of the people living in there were not financially well off. Um, and so the whole building burnt down. Um, there was people jumping oh off God. the building in the middle of the night. A lot of people died, unfortunately. And it became this massive tragedy in London. Um, and still to this day, this was a few years ago now. And still to this day, uh, the building hasn't been rebuilt. It's just there in scaffolding. Um, and that's crazy. It was, yeah. it was really crazy. Really, wow, I'm crazy. shook. Like, I didn't even know about this. And I'm like, oh my God, this is crazy. Yeah. Like, and there's still, all, there's still buildings in London that have this cladding on it, this flammable cladding. God. like that's crazy I don't even know how is that even possible and I'm like oh it's all about money isn't it like they don't read like when you don't have to see these people every day and you don't have to see their struggle it's so much easier to just pretend they don't exist you know but I'm like basically you're supposed to come to build for people like yeah. that's that that's uh, for me it's the basic stuff you need to build for people so and of course, if you can make money out of it and the job, it's a good thing. Yeah. But I think you can always find a way to be like ethical in the way you're working and right. still help people and make a difference. Yeah. I don't know. That's kind of, I find it crazy. Like sometimes I'm just like, oh, I can't live here anymore. Just, you know, <laughs> I don't know, in Mars. I know. Somewhere. That's how I feel. <laughs> um yeah so bringing it back to um, far away bringing it back to the uh the fact that it's a male-dominated space so you sent me a statistic um that said 60 percent of architecture students are typically women yet 10 percent only 10 percent own their own firms um this resonated with me as a woman in fashion um because i feel like probably about 90 percent of our students are female yet the brands are consistently being owned by um, men and being run by men why do you feel like this is the case in 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 these two industries you know I don't really know have an answer to this because I'm thinking about it a lot I'm just like as I said where are these women architects or fashion designer mm. what's happening like how come where are so many women just having a diploma and at the end where are they mm. and I feel like we're not trust to have responsibilities i don't i don't know why we're not trusted it's again about the equality but i think they're just like um okay you're a woman so maybe you're gonna have children and stuff so mm. we're not giving you a disposition in the firm or um I, I don't really know i was reading an article like from the new york time and it was basically saying where are the women architects 
and they were saying that we are actually underrepresented at all levels of practice. It's not even owning the firms. Yeah. Even inside the firms, we're like confronted to the main peers that are always questioning like the the competency qualification we have, and maybe that's the reason. Like, there's so many barrier for a woman to just mm. have like the opportunity to open an agency or a firm that maybe a male don't have doesn't have or I don't know and the thing is like during my internships some funny stuff happens to me like I was doing um, an internship in Morocco and it was basically based on the site so I had to study a monument and uh, do everything directly on the site and one day during a meeting, we were all gathered together and someone just looked at me and said, uh, what is she doing here? Oh my God. And he was not even addressing me. He was addressing oh my like, God. Uh, yeah, the architect, the responsible architect. And he said, first of all, she's a woman and then she's an intern. <gasps> no. And, and, and the thing is like, he said that to like the main architect. And it was a woman. So she started yelling at him during the meeting. It was so embarrassing. I was just Oh like, my God. And it was my first internship ever. It was the first one. And it was, I think, the first week or second. And I was like, and I felt so bad. I felt like I have to um, give an explanation. Why yeah. I was there. Yeah. Why it just like. I have to do this internship, so I'm here. Either you like it or not. Like, I yeah. have to do my job. I have to give the re report at the end of the, this month, so I'm here. Wow. And, it was so, and I was, like, so shook. I just stayed, like... And everyone starts yelling in the meeting and stuff. <laughs> so it was, like, I felt so bad. And it was the first thing that happened to me. And I was, like, okay, that's not okay. Something's going... Okay, I was, like, maybe it's because... We're in Morocco and stuff, but come on. I think it's the same thing nah, everywhere. Yeah. Like, male are always feeling threatened sometimes by a woman. Oh, 100%. what is she doing here? And yeah. why are, what are you doing here? Yeah. And like, I was like, oh. And I felt so bad. And I remembered I just left the meeting and went back home. And I was like, okay, see you tomorrow. Oh my God. And maybe I shouldn't have, maybe I should have, like, Today, I'm just like, oh, I wish I said something. I wish mm. I got, like, mm. mad at him or just defend myself because I was almost like, oh, sorry, I'm here. I didn't want to bother you and stuff. But, oh, no, it was such a mess. And that was the first thing that happened to me. The second one, I was, like, looking for another internship in Morocco again. And uh, this time, I was like, oh, now it's a, it's a woman. Maybe it's going to be cool and stuff. And she was like, yeah, well, your profile is super interesting, but, you know, actually, I'm just not hiring women. That's and not allowed. Like, that. That's like, not allowed. And I was like, uh, sorry, why? Like, can I have an, exp like, you're a, like, you're a woman. I don't, I don't get it. Why? And Whoa. she was like, oh, because you're bringing so much trouble during the side stuff and everything. I know this, so I just don't want any trouble whoa and I was like oh wow I hope like she was gonna be empowering inspiring just the woman like you want to be like her and the role model and at the end I was like oh okay like anyways I really do prefer working for someone who's valuing me giving me so yeah. much importance like and I was appreciate like, oh, I'm glad I yeah 
And I was like, oh, I'm glad I know you're like this because actually she's well known in Morocco. And I was like, oh, I'm so disappointed. I was like, I was really having another, I don't know, image of her. Like, oh, she's this woman architect in Morocco fighting for us and everything. And no, she wasn't. Oh and something like women are the worst enemies. Yeah, <laughs> I know. But the thing is that... I feel so bad that you've had those experiences because they're just not nice. Like, like, especially, I mean, I feel like what you were saying with the, um, the article saying that, that there's a disadvantage in all aspects of the, of the field. I mean, it makes sense because like, if you, if you hinder someone from an earlier stage, then there's no real chance of them being able to progress further than you. And I feel like men, like how you said, like some men have this uh, insecurity of feeling, I don't know if it's that we will dominate because that's not what we're here to do or if we will somehow yeah. treat them how they've treated us or I don't know, but it, that I'm so sorry that you've, you've had to deal with that. That's crazy. It was kind of, it's, it was kind of crazy, but it was like a, a good experience because I was like, oh, okay, that's how it's going to work. Learning mode, like, yeah. I know I'm gonna like have to fight again and again just for the fact I'm I'm a woman. Like yeah. okay, I know I'm gonna have to do maybe twice the job as a as a man or something. But yeah, it was kind of crazy, and I was so shook. And so when I'm thinking about this, I was like, oh my god, I was so young. I was like maybe 18, and yeah. just like living this, and I was like, oh, it can bring so many insecurities sometimes that you feel like you don't have your place. Yeah, or you have nothing to say in a situation yeah and I'm like oh I'm super grateful like th- it happened to me super young so now I know yeah and I'm like well now I'm just not shutting my mouth I'm gonna speak and talk and bother people and I don't care about it anymore but before I was like I'm kind of a shy person sometimes and I'm like oh my god what am I doing here I don't want to be here anymore and I felt so bad so yeah but I mean, I like, was- you shouldn't feel bad for that because that's that, that, that responsibility is on the other person. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not on you. And, and like- that's the thing because it makes you feel like you're the one who is like creating the problem. Yeah. But they are the one like just not being able to deal with the fact that there's a woman in the side. Yeah. Like, like, we don't care. We're all the same. We're all here like to do the same job because we are caring about the same subjects and topics yeah and we just end fighting about stupid stuff so yeah and I think also it's the way of teaching architecture that is um maybe wrong or something as I said no one is presenting you the work of women Mm. like and they do exist because if you look a little bit there are some women women doing amazing stuff amazing works like yeah dedicated to architecture like no one else and also like the main known one are always overshadowed by men mm, yeah. like if you see Charlotte Perriand which is like um, a super well-known architect in France also she was shadowed by Le Corbusier everyone knows Le Corbusier and maybe less people know Charlotte Perriand it's always like yeah. there's a man before them overshadowing everything and yeah. which is kind of sad so I'm that happy really because there are more and more famous architects and we starting to be recognized but it's not enough Mm. like since we don't have 50 percent and 50 percent people owning their firms or working um in agencies we're not there yet so Mm. i think it's something we have to work on it 
How does that make you feel um, like going into the workspace, like now for your career? Like, is, are, do you want to own your own firm? Is this something that you want to kind of like break down the wall of? Yeah, like my dream life would be to have my own firm as maybe everyone studying architecture. I think it's the dream, like the ultimate goal. Yeah. But moreover, I would really love to educate more make people more aware of the situation in architecture like just um in my page on instagram like i created um a page during the first lockdown and it's architect world because i was reading more or less uh, one book a day i was reading like more or less a book a day and uh, i started just posting the um, a quote inspiring quote and every friday i started Uh, presenting a woman architect Mm. just writing about it and people like were sending me messages and I didn't expect it like oh I don't know anyone like a part of Zahadid and Charlotte Perry I'm super happy you're sharing this so I just kept going and I was like oh maybe like educating is also our job as women in architecture so I just kept doing it and I'm like, oh, who do you want to talk about next week? And sometimes people are giving me names of women architects I didn't know are just saying, oh, I don't know, but I hope you're going to find someone or something. So it's kind of funny just to see how it can be an interesting subject just to discuss with people and maybe just um, breaking down the wall of discussing this topic because it's like it doesn't even exist sometimes. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, no, we should talk more about it just make people realize oh we don't know architects that are actually women or something so it's kind I think like if everyone just do this small work and share something with someone like oh do you know about her that's super cool what she's doing or something it's gonna it's like what you're doing with the podcasts actually I feel (laughs) just yeah it's just like giving space for people to express themselves and just sharing something new and just saying oh let's discuss about this and that yeah so I don't know I think it's making a small difference but still something is changing maybe so yeah yeah I think it is when something is very underrepresented like the first thing that would make the change is to unpack all the things that have not been shared and so I think it's really important what you like when I was doing my degree collection I was it was all about an underrepresented um, minority group which was from where I am from like in the Caribbean and a lot of that was unpacking it all because even Indo-Caribbean people themselves that their identity is so lost that they're not they don't recognize it themselves they can't recognize what is Indo-Caribbean and to unpack it all and show hey this is Indo-Caribbean this is what it looks like and it looks like a multitude of things people need that and so then when you do come out with the art and when you do come out with the architecture or the fashion, then they're able to relate and, and recognize it and it's celebrated, yeah. you know? And they feel so, I don't know, maybe more close yeah. to the topic. So they're like, oh, let's search about what is it? And they're just like, to keep people educate themselves about something is super important. And yeah. as you were saying, just saying, oh, defining the, the topics and... Uh, I don't know, specific subjects can help people to know more about it. And then yeah. it's all started like this. So, Yeah. So um, you're from Morocco, like Ismail. Yeah. Um, so do you ever use your culture within your work? Well, actually, during the first two years of my study, 
I was trying so hard to fit my teacher's expectations. Okay. And I was trying, I don't know if that happens to, to happen to you, but I tried to give them what they wanted to see. Like mm. I was just struggling so much with this and it's super hard to be uh, creative while doing the same as everyone else. Yeah. And after my second year, and it was like a horrible year, super hectic. I was like, oh my God, so much pressure, anxiety. I decided, like I said, okay, stop. I don't want to be in this situation anymore. I'm not just going to work. Like uh, It's almost like you're getting brainwashed mm. and you're just trying to follow. Okay, I have to do this. So how am I going to do? Oh my God, oh my God. And then I was like, okay, I'm Moroccan. That's who I am. I, I will not compromise with uh, myself and just let myself express uh, what do I know how can I live with the um, I don't know with the, the studies how what can I bring to architecture here maybe I know something they don't know maybe I'm leaving the space in another way people here do or I don't know yeah so I just started like to bring some traditional devices in my way of conceiving architecture just um, such as the mashrabia, I was trying to incorporate the stuff I knew mm. in what they were waiting for me. So when I decided to bring back to life some traditional devices, um, suddenly everything just got easier and better and more natural. Mm. And I was loving what I was doing and presenting. And I think this is so important. Like, you have to love what you do. Otherwise, it has no sense 100% so at the beginning it was super hard to just first of all I didn't know anything about actual Moroccan or Arab architecture because they don't teach you this and I was just like oh maybe I have to analyze how we used to build in Morocco in Arab yeah. countries and I discovered so some very interesting materials um, devices the way of just composing um, domestic house or something. And I was trying to bring that to all, all of my projects. I think in every of my projects from the second year to now, always has a mashrabia, a courtyard, something like that just remembers me uh, who I am and why am I doing this? Right. So I think, I don't know how it is actually in fashion and how easy or not it is to bring something from your culture to what are you designing. But I was reading um, a book of a major Egyptian architect and he was talking about self-colonization, mm. which is like basically the appropriation of something that has no place in your own culture. And I think it was a, during the two years, I was like just self-colonizing myself. Okay, right. I have to do this. I have to follow the rules. And then I was like, oh, fuck that, I really, sorry for the word, but I was like, oh, no, screw good. that. I don't, I don't care anymore. I'm just going to do what I like, what I love, what inspires me the most. And yeah, I think it's kind of process. That's to so use interesting. Tradition in the modern. Yeah. yeah. It's so Tell me about fashion, how it is. It is like... It's, it's, it's this, I feel like it's similar, but it, it, it's a bit different at the same time. So like the idea of self-colonizing is a really interesting topic. I, I, I think... It, 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 I feel like it might be a bit different from my circumstance because I'm 
London born and bred, but my yeah. cultural heritage is um, Egyptian and Indo-Guyanese. And with fashion, because it is such a, a business in, in yeah. itself, it, 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 sometimes it can feel as if you are exploiting heritage. Okay, no. So, so it, it, there's, a, there's a fine line of like celebrating and then exploiting. And I think it, it depends on if it's coming from a very genuine space. So when I did my collection on my heritage, it was as a result of uh, my grandmother passing away. I didn't know much about my heritage and I was just intrigued. I wanted an excuse to be able to like delve into it and find out who I am. I've always had a bit of a problem with identifying myself and identity. So I thought this would be a good opportunity to be able to explore that. And then people can come on the journey with me. And for that, I feel like it came out as very genuine and organic. I, I never claimed to to know 100% of the culture. For me, it was an exploration, yeah. you know? That's um, the thing, because sometimes you don't even know about your own culture. It exactly. was the same for me. You have to search about it and just find yeah. new stuff. You're like, oh, I didn't even know that exists. And yeah. oh, why do they do yeah. like this? And it's super fascinating because you feel because you're from somewhere or born somewhere or you have like, um uh, heritage that you know it and mm. it's completely false no, because yeah. when you start speaking you just like oh I don't know shit about myself yeah, like what, it's what a completely strange environment it's almost like we were dropped on earth in the middle of a, a strange place and we're expected yeah. to know everything about this place you know it just doesn't work yes. like that um but it, it, the, the the funny part where it comes in with fashion is that when money gets involved it can feel exploitative yeah. so for example like you're I'm, taking advantage of something exactly so i'm i'm yeah. in the middle of doing a startup uh for a sustainable and ethical accessories um, yeah, brand um but the the topics that i i design around are topics that are quite important to me uh socially and politically and for me it's a way of allowing women to wear their morals um, on a day-to-day -day basis with them and feel like they don't have to be quiet um, however when you're selling that to people it can feel like you're exploiting it and it can feel yeah. like that you're selling them um, a struggle you know and so for me I never ever wanted people to feel like that because it does come from a very genuine place and the way I combat that is that for me the brand isn't just a brand it's not just about selling products for me every time you purchase a product yeah for me it's a statement yeah, it's, well, not only that, but whenever, whenever you purchase a product, um, money gets donated to the organizations that help these subjects. Um, not only that, but in the future, I would love to be able to hold like monthly events that allow women and um, people, just general people who are going through yeah. the struggles that we talk about, to be able to come and share their perspective um, so that we can gain more of an understanding. And it doesn't feel like exploitation. It feels like we're actually contributing, you know? So yeah. it can be really hard, and especially when it comes to... Yeah, like you're creating something for, for the issue. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think it's important also, like you said, maybe to directly contribute to a topic, like to the subject you're defending. So, because it's super easy also for people to just say, as you said, oh, you're sending me something just because, like, you're using this cause for this and everything. And maybe you're right. Maybe in architecture, there's a way maybe of doing this. I don't know. I never thought actually about it, but it's super interesting just to give it a, a thought. And I'm like, yeah, maybe 
it's kind of like I don't know how can we do this in architecture just trying to give back to the cause you are fighting for or yeah. something I don't I don't actually know it's kind well of I feel interesting. like in architecture it's a bit I personally like I feel like it would be in a more of a different realm because you're what you do like you said directly contributes to society and directly impacts society so you really have the tool to be able to navigate how that impact is received and how it like how you said are we making buildings for super rich people or are we making buildings for people that need the shelter and i think that's how you'll find like the difference yeah. between exploiting and the difference between helping and, and giving back, you know, and that's such yeah, a maybe it's yeah maybe it's like easier in architecture than in fashion, as mm-hmm. you were saying, because mm-hmm. fashion is all about the industry. Yeah, and yeah, I don't know because for me also uh, when I buy something like to wear, I feel it's already contributed to something because if I feel good in this clothes, yeah, I'm just like oh okay i didn't buy for nothing like i'm gonna wear it every day like for me it's super important to just feel good in whatever you're wearing i don't yeah. know if it makes sense but sometimes I'm just okay i feel super close to this brand because the way of they think or they're creating or the materials they're using so i'm just gonna buy and i'm like the kind of person i don't know when i like a brand i'm just gonna buy in this brand yeah <laughs> oh my god they make me feel so good i want to spend the money like in this brand (laughs) no it's true i feel like that that's a that's a good point to make of of that the 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 clothing itself has a huge impact on how people feel um but i think we like us designers we don't think of it like that because well maybe some do but i don't know i've just never thought of it as i've always seen for example the stuff i did around the heritage it was happy that i was happy that people saw the product and said i can see myself in these products and i like that about like the brand i'm doing now like the shoot i want it to be i want anyone who sees my product to feel like they they can see themselves in it so in the shoot i want to have an array of different colors an array of different sizes an array of different things of what what female looks like you know because i wouldn't want anyone to feel like they can't see themselves in that product but then that the, yeah you want to be inclusive yeah but because so many brands do that now um and some do it uh, some have used it as like a gimmick some have used it as a way of selling things and i think yeah. that's why in fashion it's hard to tell like what's genuine and not so for that for me like doing that isn't enough anymore like i i want to do that and i want to do more yeah but i think like as so as someone who has nothing to do with fashion but just like mm. a buyer or something mm. sometimes i feel like the the person behind like i love looking for oh who's behind the brand mm. and just ah how they how they think about the brand how they conceive the, the models how mm. like who's like in the show who's in the website uh who are they working with who's the architects for the brand and it's it's like sometimes i'm just like feeling more close to the way of a brand is thinking or selling itself mm. but sometimes i feel like you can more or less get closer to the designer the fashion designer and mm. agree or not with the way he's thinking or creating 
because I think you can feel it. Yeah. If you just pay attention, you can yeah. feel if it's genuine or just like to sell. And mm. um, yeah, I'm always, and it's, it was like late though, because before I was just like, oh, I want to be like, buy everything that is trendy. I don't know, be in the trend. And at the end, I was like, oh, okay. I just um, realized that I was maybe wearing 30% of what I had in my closet. Yeah. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, oh. And I was like, oh, that's horrible. I'm just buying everything for nothing at the end. Just wear it one day. We all have like, you know, the dress you're buying and just for a party or a dinner or something and never wear it back. And now I'm like, okay, if I buy something, maybe I want to spend a little bit more on it. And we're mm-hmm. always wearing this. And I'm like, oh, this is the, I don't know, the clothes that make me feel good, like myself. I do just, I feel more secure in some clothes. And mm. in other, I'm just like, oh, I'm going to wear it one time. And I feel like if anyone had like the process of thinking, oh, what do I really like to wear? Oh, mm. what, is it just a trend or is it something I need? I think you can like be more conscious and aware of the brand you're just buying from. Yeah. I mean, like, it's, it's gonna, I feel like what you're saying in terms of like the, like how, how often you wear your clothes, how much you're wearing in your wardrobe, you know, it's, it's all, it's all linking into that whole sustainable, ethical kind of conscious mind thinking who's genuine, who's not, what's for money, what's not. And um, I think like, we're already seeing a change and like, it's going to be changing even more because it's just not we can't we can't survive like that you know um and it's it's crazy because like the the fashion industry is like the second highest pollutant in the world um we the way we've destroyed the world is absolutely it's crazy um so people are obviously putting more effort into being sustainable and being ethical. Um, that's why I wanted to start my one. I wanted to make sure that it was as sustainable and ethical as possible. When I was thinking of starting a business, it was not sustainable at all in the beginning. And it wasn't ethical at all. And I, I sat down and I was thinking to myself, uh, do I, will I make an honest living? And because, you know, everyone throws that saying around, like everyone says, oh, like you just want to make an honest living. And then I thought, well, what does that mean? An honest living? An honest living means that you're honest. Yeah. yeah, How how much am I not impacting people or the world or my environment? And um, I realized like that wouldn't make me that wouldn't allow me to 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 make an honest living. And that's kind of what I've carried with me until now when I do everything. I'm like, well, does this allow me to make an honest living? And now knowing my production line, knowing the materials I use and how much effort I put into trying to be sustainable and ethical, um, I can proudly say that if I made a good amount of money from this company, that it would be honest and it would be genuine and it would be um, non-harmful so in the architecture world what is that like like what is it like around the topic of like ethical and yeah. sustainability and stuff like that I think like you said fashion industry is the second one yeah because uh construction and building industry is the first one if oh I say something yeah I think so so I'm not really sure about this but I think like I actually just construction and building and architecture is the worst one 
So I think we have to address the question of sustainability today. I don't know. I think the building industry is actually one of the fields that pollute the most. So I really do believe that architects need to take themselves responsible for what they produce. Like, we need to try to minimize the negative impacts of mm -hmm. buildings. And it's always been like at the heart of all my projects, I think. I try to think about the way to use less energy, um, bring more natural ventilation, and which always bring me back at the end uh, to looking for traditional and ancient way of designing. Mm. And I think it's linked because they're just like, oh, how can I do without using all this technology? Or maybe I have to check like a traditional way of building and construction. And also just try to find people that are actually working with more sustainable materials, maybe upcycling. Mm. There are so many fields now that just like not exploited and that does exist. Like you can build, I know like there's a woman architect, Jasmine Larian, I think, she built actually shelters in Afghanistan that six pounds or something. Mm. So it's like, oh, if you can build a house for six pounds, what am I? And it was zero, zero carbon shelters. Wow. So I really, these houses don't consume energy. They are super um, sustainable. And Affordable. Cost, yeah, six pounds. That's so crazy. we need to think about new ways of thinking the houses, of constructing using materials. Because I'm like, okay, in reality, what about like our planet? How many years like the planet mm -hmm. can support us? Mm -hmm. And I think at one point you, you'll just have to deal with this sustainability issue because I think that like we did more harm than good to this planet so maybe yeah. we have to stop now and just try to as you say maybe be more honest also with ourselves yeah like the process yeah. you did just like you have to question yourself what am i building for how yeah. am i building like what are what what are the impacts on the planets on i don't know the or even the way what we're using point? what is the point if it's not going to be here in a few years because yeah. we damaged it so badly that's the you know? thing like and I think it's super, super, like we have no choice. Like mm. we have to find new ways. Yeah. Uh, I think when I'm, I'm going to be actually in the work field, I, I will have to design like uh, more um, respectful buildings yeah. and just buildings that take care also of the environment. Yeah. Because you have to, when you build something, you're, you have all the sites, all the environment that surrounds the building. And as you were saying, there's a direct impact. Mm. There's the social impact, but also the environmental one. Mm. Like, I remember I had to do a project and you had basically to create a microclimate. And I was like, imagine if everyone was like designing the house like this, mm. maybe the world would be better. Like just with small scale projects that are actually more conscious and aware of all these issues, we can make the difference, make a change, try yeah. to just bring more balance into the building industry because I think it's actually like the, the most consuming, like using all the resources the planet gave us and just bring it into waste. Yeah. It's just like, oh, that's such a pity. So yeah, I think it's inevitable. Like, you have to do it. Yeah. So, uh, so tell me, in, in 
in education do they talk about sustainability because i know like in fashion uni they talk about it like that's one thing i did really um appreciate from going to universities like they they really talk about sustainability well actually it depends on the teacher you have okay and the classes you're taking because i took like classes directly uh named uh, environmental building or building with the a more ecological building or something right. like this like uh, okay I knew it was the topic that interested me and mm. I want to take this class but what about the people that are not taking this class yeah and I remember I, I had a seminar I think about ecology or something and it was supposed to be mandatory so everyone had to take this class and I remember we were like three out of 300 just taking the class like being physically present Oh my god. So I was like, oh my god. Like all these architects, like, where are you guys? This is super important. Oh like my god. And it was crazy. I remember we were like three, four, depending on the like on the day. And I was like, okay, the teacher was not that um, I don't know, charismatic or something, not that interesting. But the topic was so important that for yeah. me, like there was no way to ditch school, like just to skip this class. I had yeah. to take it. So may but I think that architects are actually aware of this because it's going to be like legally um controlled like you will have to build more sustainable buildings so i think people are trying like trying to take this more seriously but really depends on the field like there are some people like they're just like i want to make money out of everything so i don't care about just building something that um i don't know that pollute that much or something so yeah. it's just like okay it really depends on the person the awareness of the person like the the way they think about the planet but i think in france in general there's something changing because even when you see the way people just buy um food or something they try to be more conscious of where where it is from um mm-hmm. This kind of question just makes me think that it's gonna get better, maybe. Yeah. So, like, let's have some hope. But yeah, I, think... I mean, I hope it does. Because, like, you yeah. know, when I'm working with brands, because I do freelance, so whenever I'm, like, designing for a brand, I always try and give them um, more sustainable options. So that yeah. they... so that Because, like, I, I, I tell everyone this. Like, there's no point in fighting it because... There's no longevity. Like you said, there's going to be laws about this stuff. Like soon it'll get to a point where it's non-reversible. We're already getting there, to be honest. Yeah. There's going to be laws and you're not going to be able to create in the way that you want to create. And if you can't adjust fast enough, you are going to drop off in the industry. Yeah. It won't work, you know? And so it's better that you change now and be able to have a long career. Then it's not even for, don't even think of it. I mean, think of it as for the planet, but also think of it as in for your livelihood you know you have to be able to be sustainable in your livelihood yeah you know and I have a friend like who's actually working and he was saying to me oh you know what like my agency is creating a new like a poll and it's all about sustainability but really I don't know anything about this can you just like give me some name of architect or something like people working this way and I was like oh that's such a good thing like finally agencies are like oh we have to create like a specific field about this and make like yeah 
I don't know, get ourselves educated. And he told me like the agency actually uh, created the kind of um, seminars and lecture about it. So mm -hmm. every time they're bringing people uh, to present them new materials, a new way of constructing. And I think it's super interesting and hopefully everyone's gonna just have the same uh, process and everyone's gonna try and be more conscious about like the way they're building. And I went to a seminar and it was like next in green fashion mm. and it was hosted by Icicle. I don't know if you know this brand. No. It's kind of a Chinese brand, I think. And there, and they were like, okay, we know like everyone uh, thinking about Chinese brand as like the more consuming one and the less ethical, but we want to reverse uh, the stereotypes. Mm. And it was super interesting just to hear them talking about uh, the way of thinking like everything from the materials to the design. And they were like, we don't want like people to uh, consume every time and need to buy new stuff. We want them to buy like one coat and have them have it for 10 yeah. years, 15 yeah. years. We want it to be sustainable also in time. And it was super interesting because even like the concept store was made with like sustainable materials. Wow. And I was like, oh, everything is so linked yeah. in fashion and also architecture. And I was like, oh, that was a great example just to listen to all these people trying to um, be more like sustainable and ethical. And yeah, I don't know. If you don't know this brand, like just check it out. It I will. A hundred percent. But I find yeah. that's why I find it quite I interesting. Send it like yeah, no, send it to me because like, I, yeah. I find this really interesting because um, you would like this conversation in itself, like between a fashion designer and an architect, like you wouldn't think that these two worlds um, collide or are in the same realm, but they, they heavily, heavily are. And like as the number two, like as two highly pollutant industries, yeah. you're adding to the environment. Like anything you put in the world is adding to the environment that it's put in. Exactly. As fashion designers, we're taking from the environment and adding to human beings and, and putting something in their environment. So it's, it's, it's a really interest. It's interesting to see the commonalities between our two industries. Yeah, I think they're super close. Actually, mm -hmm. like you can think, oh, there has nothing to do like architecture and fashion design. What the hell is that? And at the end, for me, it's all like the same question. Like mm -hmm. you're creating like um, a clothes shelter to people, and I'm just yeah. creating a bigger one. Like it's yeah. just the scale which is actually changing. And I was thinking like about Ismail because earlier he just called me and he was like, oh, look at what, what am I doing? I'm just making some prototype for my project. And it's actually about the textile of the house. And ah. I was like, this is super interesting. Go yeah. on. And I was like, oh, and he was talking. I was like, oh, so many similarities. Like I was like, oh, I can take the same projects and just do it in architecture. Yeah, that would work. And he was like, oh, yeah, really? Yeah, it can be super interesting just to work with the two fields. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Because um, for me, everything is linked. Like, mm -hmm. you start from the clothes, and then you go to the house, and then you go to the outside world, and then other designs, I don't know, furniture and stuff. And it's, everything is linked because you have yeah. to deal with everything. When you wake up in the morning, you're basically in your house if you're... Ha yeah, it's the human experience. yeah. And then you have to wear the clothes. So yeah. it's, not, it's like the basic two things everyone has to do every morning. And you're yeah. like, oh, I have to wear this. I have to do um, to clean my house. I have to do this, go out, go in. And I think it's like the, the objects you're dealing with 
every day yeah and you don't even realize yeah. like before the lockdown I didn't even realize I had a home I don't even know how to explain <laughs> it I was like you're always like in and out in and out going yeah. here running from yeah. here to here and then like they just said you have to stay at home and I was like what's home oh, oh, what is that and then you're just like oh okay and you start realizing something. I know like in the morning, there's like the sun coming into my face. Mm. So I prefer to read here. And in the afternoon, I want to go more in the kitchen because like the mood is changing. So maybe I prefer working there or something. So it was super interesting. Very and also, interesting. I don't know how it is about fashion, but I realized that like more um, chill wear is kind of the tendency like these days because everyone is just wearing joggings every day and yeah. just sweatshirts. And I was like, oh, this has a huge impact. Like, you don't have to dress every day. I, I think it's crazy. Like, I I never used to be the type of person to wear, um, like, jogging bottoms and, and tracksuits yeah. and stuff. And now I'm always in them. But you I see? do think, I do <laughs> think that it, it plays, like, a big role on your mental health. To not get up every day and to, to change into a well-thought-out outfit and yeah. present yourself to the world. Yeah, it, it, I, I think, think it does something because, yeah. like, actually, it's super funny because I'm just passing from my peaches to my sweatshirt. Like, it's kind of <laughs> I'm just like, oh, just changing to change the outfit. But at the end, I'm still wearing something very comfy. Yeah, like, yeah, you're right because I need to change the even if it's like one sweatshirt for another. I need yeah. to wake up and just change it. Yeah. To realize I'm awake and that, okay, now I have to work. Yeah. It's almost like, because it's like, have you ever seen, like, for example, I used to do all my work from my bed because it's just in my laptop. So I used to sit on my bed yeah. and do my work. And then I couldn't sleep at night because there was no differentiation between my bed and my office. So it was like, yeah. my brain was always on in that space. And I think it's the same thing with clothing. When you don't differentiate what is, chill wear and home wear and then what is outdoor wear then it does play a toll on your mental health and in your productivity how you feel towards the day and I feel like that's what I've noticed is that I'm not as productive or like I have to get changed get changed to be on the go you know yeah like on the uh, okay yeah. super ready to work and stuff but yeah. the thing about the bed is super interesting because I cannot work from my bed like yeah. every time I go to my bed I'm just like time to chill yeah <laughs> it's all psychological yeah Yeah. and I was reading like I love personal care and development and stuff so I was reading a book about it and he was saying oh you have to define a space for every task exactly this is super important like if you're working from the kitchen fine but you have to know that like you cannot eat in the kitchen anymore like so you have to go to your bedroom to feel like you're changing like the environment and that you are moving from this activity to another one it's so true the space has the same role as as the clothes at the end because you have to change like even to do like a workout you're not gonna do a workout with i don't know a gene you have to change and put yourself in the mood in the mental space yeah exactly i think that like the physical and mental space and everything is linked with all or the architecture or the clothes yeah so it's super yeah it's all psychological it's like what your brain like when your brain feels the the softness and the bounciness of your bed and it finds it soothing because that's where it usually turns off 
yeah. it, you can't then put a laptop on your bed and expect to want to work like every time i'm like sleepy or something exactly like, just procrastinating oh let's watch this on netflix yeah oh yeah no, no it's horrible and it's and- the same thing with clothing like when your when your legs feel the bagginess and the softness of your tracksuit yeah. bottom it automatically doesn't feel like it wants to go and like do a hundred errands. You know what I mean? Like you have to put yourself in that mental space yeah. because your brain is picking up on every single sensation around you, you know? Yeah, that's like, that's super true. I'm just thinking, and I'm like, I know like my sister is working from her bed and I'm like, how is that even possible? <laughs> Does she sleep at night? She must not be able to sleep. I have to ask her this because I didn't like. <laughs> I have to ask her like, do you sleep or not? Because, because that's I weird. used to do that She's and I couldn't sleep. Like, yeah, I'm gonna ask her and just get back to you because it's super interesting. I'm gonna be like, oh, are you sleeping at night or what? Because <laughs> you're working from your bed. And she's like, yeah, but every time I, I'm calling her, what are you doing working? But you're in. Yeah, I know. But that's it. I don't know. And yeah, just before I was like, I used to just stay with my baggy and stuff every day Mm. and these days like I was not that motivated and I was like okay I'm gonna wake up and just dress and Mm. it works Mm. like just the fact of changing the the clothes saying okay now I'm like okay here change ready just put some sometimes just put some makeup on yeah changes everything it's so true okay I feel 10 times I know like the thing is I don't I'm, I'm trying not to wear makeup as much but I do feel 10 times as ready to like work and go places when I have a face of makeup on it's strange it's the wow. psychology it's 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 all yeah. it's crazy <laughs> it's in your brain like yeah. you're just like oh, okay yeah that's no and also like something I'm always doing is having a cup of coffee like just putting a cup of coffee make me work like that's kind of crazy yeah yeah like I need this cup of coffee to work otherwise I'm not doing anything and if oh, I, I know so many this, people like that yeah 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 and if yeah. I don't do, even if I don't drink it just the fact of putting the cup <laughs> of coffee and leave it there it just makes me in the mood like okay now I have to work and stuff that so, yeah. is so funny that yeah, is I have funny. some small stuff weird stuff small stuff I'm doing sometimes but yeah that's so funny um yeah no it's and and I feel like lately because of the whole lockdown situation it is really about retraining yourself to 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 get yourself motivated and do work so like now I've said to myself every morning you're going to wake up at seven instead of sleep in because I have the yeah. option to sleep in you're going to wake up at seven and train yourself that this is the morning and you need to be awake and you need to go and do stuff because I just don't have enough hours in the day anymore <laughs> you know like I need to like find more hours from somewhere so that's something yeah. I'm doing in in lockdown. I feel it's super important because um, as you were saying so if you start just one day waking up at 8 30 instead of 6 30 or something mm. you try like you start to proc- procrastinate yeah. and you're just like oh today 8 30 and the day after nine and yes. i'm just saying i need 48 hours in a day because sometimes i have so many things to do and i'm like waking up at 6 30 every day so i'm like how am i doing this like yeah. how is that even possible i need to do all this, this task and i feel like during the lockdown it's super complicated to just stay stop yeah like to end the day is more complicated than starting yeah, it that's because, true like i'm always super motivated to start but i'm always saying okay 6 7 i have to stop working mm. and then at 7 30 i'm always like starting something oh no i didn't do this so let's answer the mails and something 
and I'm like, oh, I feel like every day is the same, and just like the week is one big day sometimes. Yeah. It's because there's like there's no boundary anymore. Like when you go when you're out and you're going to work or you're going to uni, you're like, that. there's a physical space that's telling you, okay, now you have to go home. And once you go home, there's nothing you can do about it. But now there's not that, you know? And also people feel like you're always available, which mm. is not true. Oh my God, yes. I'm like, okay, I know I'm at home every day, but stop, like, stop texting me at 8.30. Yeah. I'm not going to answer you. Yeah. Like, stop it. And I'm like, oh, sometimes people don't understand, like, okay, we're in lockdown. I'm here all day, but just give me some space like I still need to do like I don't know just relax your brain just needs to switch off you know like you know you leave before we used to leave a building but now it's like our brains have to leave like we have to switch off yeah yeah, exactly so just moving from my desk to the bed is like the switching off moment I'm like okay now I know it's over like stop it and I'm just like the fact also of closing the computer Mm. And I'm not opening it. I'm just like, okay, it's going to stay like this. I yeah. just don't want to touch my computer till tomorrow morning. Yeah. And that's the way, like, the only way I find to just stop being all day in social networks and just answering to everyone because sometimes it's super exhausting. Yeah. And I feel like self-care is super important these days. Like, yeah. Um, in my school, something like university, something happened very, like, traumatic. One of our students just... like committed suicide oh my gosh yeah and it was like okay that needs like that means so much thing that means we're under so much pressure yeah and like I was like okay university is so hard on us so we have to be more responsible and take care of ourselves because otherwise no one's gonna do it yeah it's true yeah it's it's weird as well because like like when you do switch off you kind of feel like this like level of guilt you know you feel like oh but like everyone else is working like this much I should be working that much or I have free time I shouldn't be sitting here doing nothing and you feel like guilty about it but there's there's nothing to feel guilty about you're allowed to switch off exactly you have to take like some air like just do nothing relax Uh, allow your brain to think about something else it's super important also for creativity because you cannot be creative 24 7 that does not exist you need like and sometimes all these moments when you do nothing are the moments when you're creating an idea yeah yeah that's true for so many times i was just yeah i was stuck on something like oh i had to find a solution and you're all day in your computer trying to find something and nothing's coming and the moment you just go out to take i don't know an ice cream or a coffee you're like i'm having this idea like yeah oh my god and i think like the brain needs to just switch off to have new ideas yeah. and like to create new like to entertain the imagination and everything so the thing is it's yeah. really hard because because like for example you're you're working all day from home and you say six o'clock is your cutoff time you you close your laptop and you say no more work for today and then you go onto instagram yeah. and because of the way that Instagram works and the, and, and the way it's built is you only ever see everyone's best moments. So I, I, I'm a part of this um, group of girls and we, we like meet up once a week on Zoom and we talk about like, yeah. um, like our, our creative industries. We, it's just like a little group that between us. Oh, and and what, what we yeah. were discussing the other week is that Instagram is like everyone's best moments. It's literally like a portfolio for like a human yeah. being. 
So you're only ever seeing people's successes, but you're never, ever seeing their downfalls. So to you, what it looks like is this person is completely perfect and they've got their life together and they're only succeeding. But when you look at your life, obviously you're seeing all the negatives. So you feel like they're always succeeding and I'm not. What, what is it that I'm failing at? Why and so is then, that? Yeah. And so but, then you come you on know? Instagram and then you're like, I need to do more work, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, uh, I was doing like a course on time management and the teacher was like, so against the social medias because of this. Mm. And I was saying to her, like, actually, when you're aware that it's only the best moments, you don't care anymore. Mm. like for me I don't even like it's more like I go to Instagram and I don't use Twitter or Facebook just I think mainly Instagram yeah and I use it like a way to get inspired Mm. sometimes it's like I find new ideas I'm just like oh or I see someone succeeding and I'm like this is super inspiring I know like there are bad moments nothing is so perfect so when I see these small parts of perfection I'm like, oh, okay, maybe I can have this too. Like maybe Mm. I can reach like small goals and just build, I don't know, I love vision boards. I love creating vision boards, just putting everything I like and put it like, I don't know, um, on the background of my computer or whatever. And I'm just like, sometimes I just find like beautiful picture and it makes me dream because I'm like, oh my God, this is so amazing. Like, why not? Yeah. And I think Instagram gives you also the, the opportunity to think why not yeah no why that's not? very true why not? It, that is true um, like i think it can be like it depends on the way you're saying it if you're seeing it with negativity and mm. oh my life is crap then it's gonna be a negative social media mm. but if you're like we know it's so fake like come on even us when we're posting picture we're not p- posting picture of us crying in front of Netflix <laughs> or ice creams or something. It's just like, oh, I look so good in this picture. I'm going to share it. Or, oh, this place looks so fancy. I'm going to share it. Yeah. Oh, no, it's the process yeah. of Instagram. Yeah. So when I see like people with their perfect life, I know it's completely false and made up. Yeah. And it, it's kind of a game. Like, you're like, oh, let's see who's going to made up the more beautiful story, the more... It's like a um, fairy tale we were reading when we were young. Yeah. You know, this doesn't exist. Yeah. We all know this. But still, you were like, oh, I love reading this. Oh, I love the, I don't know, Disney's or something like that. It just because it allows you to dream a little bit more. So yeah. I don't think like, I'm kind of defending Instagram. They should pay me for this. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> but I think, yeah, it can have like a super... I'm like, come on, <laughs> sponsorize. Um, I think that it can be like super harmful and depressing, but also a source of motivation. It yeah, really depends 100%. on the way 100%. you're seeing. I, I agree. I do, th- I do think there's, there's both two sides to the coin. And 100% Instagram has been like such an inspiration. Like, for example, I, for you, like I don't use facebook or twitter as well like it's it's mainly instagram for me and not only is it a source of like new art that i haven't seen or it's also like a a a source of like-minded people for me you know what i mean like people that have the same ideologies and 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 think the same way so yeah in in that way is very very beneficial and also it's a great networking place it's a great place to see something you love and reach out to that person and be like oh do you want to work on this and this and this 
exactly like and i was like hearing the podcast with ismail and he was talking about the tinder and i was like even tinder can be like a yeah. network space like come on so i think yeah of course instagram is kind of a good uh, network place just to uh, find contacts or uh, people you want to share something with or mm-hmm. just also the way of um, creating new brands mm. today you have to be on instagram to make yourself more or less known uh, to find people that can follow the way you're thinking that you're like share the same opinion i don't think like in the real life you can connect with as many people yeah like it doesn't exist you cannot have i don't know how many people following you in the streets yeah that doesn't happen yeah, exactly so i think yeah when sometimes when i see the numbers i'm just like even if it's a small number just imagining like a hundred person like just walking behind me in the street i'm like sometimes i think about that crazy. too sometimes i'm like that it's really crazy how many like how like yeah even the small numbers like the fact that there's that many eyes looking at you like how yeah. strange is that of a concept can you imagine it's like when you had to do one presentation in front of your class we're all like super intimidated and scared can you imagine in front of that many people and i know in a way, it's so much easier to talk on Instagram or something, maybe because you're behind the screen and yeah. you're not directly seen. Yeah. But there's yeah. something very weird. Like sometimes I'm just seeing the number and I'm like, oh, that's kind of scary. Like yeah. in real life, it can be scary. Like sometimes, so, yeah. but even sometimes I get intimidated. Like I agree, it's definitely easier because you're behind the screen. But sometimes yeah. I get very intimidated. Like I want to be able to come out with a video for my brand to just explain it to people yeah. in the way I want it to be explained. And that like, to me, sounds like super intimidating. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> like, yeah. thought of it. like just talking to the camera. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel you. Like sometimes you just like, and also sometimes you just want to do a story to share something. And then you're like, not too many people are going to see this. I'm just exactly. going to send it to my friend, you know? <laughs> exactly. All the time, all the time. And but like, props to the people who can do it though. Like, some people do it, and I'm like, you're so confident. I can't do it. Like, it really requires like so many. I don't know, self confidence. And Uh oh my god, it's sometimes just like, okay, just sending it to my friend or to (laughs) person at the end. Okay, let's send this. Yeah, I feel you. And also, when you want to post a picture, how many like time do you spend choosing the right one? Yeah, and choosing the caption. Yeah. And, uh, what am I gonna say? Like, oh, it needs to be funny, but not too much. Uh, yeah. Like the process is so long. Sometimes just like one hour in front of the blanket. So much thought goes into it. It's like, and the amount of pictures you have to take, even just to pick one picture, it's like, oh my God, like horrible horrible process and i wish it can be like it could be more spontaneous i Mm. wish like oh okay i'm just seeing this in the streets and taking a picture and posting it yeah i know i know it used to be like that i feel it used to be so um yeah what we uh, where can people find you okay basically on instagram i have a page like architect quotes uh, where I post inspiring quotes about architecture and just starting, uh, started like a reading book uh, club. So just sharing a book a month and we can discuss it at the end of the month on Zoom. Just started this like actually today. Wow. And I was like, I posted a story because I started uh, this process during summer and then I just gave up on it. I don't know why. And then I started, I posted the story like, oh, do you want to start this again? And just like, we can read uh, together about architecture 
and there were like so many messages like yeah why not and stuff so i just created a small group on instagram so if um you want to join other yeah, people that sounds interesting and creative so we can share and also i was about to post a book about like an architect who was actually talking about fashion and architecture so it can interest you okay and yeah on instagram or or architect quote or my own page which is bz creation okay. and it's just like benunas nap creation just smallest one because i was like actually the name came from i was posting my drawings at the beginning and then i just i was just like okay let's put some picture like everyone else so <laughs> sometimes i'm just having like crazy ideas and then just for getting about it like oh no that, that sucks let's not do this anymore i did the I was same like, thing i did the yeah. same thing but i feel like we have to try new stuff and just yeah feel like of what's working or not and yeah or you can also follow or read my articles at politics for her on instagram too or the blog so okay. yeah basically that's it and it was so cool to talk to you like no thank you excited. so much honestly um, this yeah. conversation it was so good i like you're such an interesting person you've got such good perspectives on things like i, I it was such a it was yeah. really nice to have you so thank you so much thank you thank you Thank you.